Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hey, Stars fans, it's Jeff Kay, public address announcer for your Dallas Stars, and you're listening to Starcastic Remarks, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Go Stars! Ladies and gentlemen, the Dallas Stars are going to the Western Conference Final, baby! Let's go, man! Let's go! Welcome to a very, very happy podcast episode. This is episode one. One six of the fourth season. I can't believe we've done 116 episodes in this season, you guys. The Dallas Stars win over the Seattle Kraken by a final score tonight of two to one with some scary moments there at the very end of the game. But nonetheless, Jay Gottinger is solid. Uh, Mr. Rope Hints proves that he is the elite player that he is. And then Wyatt Johnston shows everybody that he was snubbed for the Calder and absolutely is the better rookie than Matty Beneers, who's going to win it anyways. But who cares? Matty Beneers is not going for the Stanley Cup anymore. Wyatt Johnston is. Hey, guys. How are y'all doing tonight? I am elated. I am fantastically happy. The entire game, that was probably the best 60-minute game that Stars have played the entirety of the playoffs. Start to finish, dominated the entire time. And you have to give credit to the Kraken, though, too. They played perfect. That's how they beat Colorado in Game 7. They played that way. They played the lockdown defense. Grubauer made big saves. They did the exact same the exact same thing, and the Stars still beat them. I mean, it, really fantastic. By by both teams, the Stars just proved that they were the better one. Yeah. I mean, it, it was a crazy, stressful game. And and after the first period you, period, you knew whoever scored the first goal was going to win. I mean, it it felt like that this entire game all the way through. And, and once, once I saw how good Grubauer was doing in the second, I mean, he was stealing and robbing everything that came his way. I mean, I was like, we have to get a breakaway. We had to. And I mean, hence pulled, <laughs> yeah, hence pulled it off himself and Johnson cheating on one and got another. So. Yeah. And uh, let's, let's do the obvious here first before we acknowledge the Dallas stars and let's, acknowledge the Seattle Kraken like holy crap what a team I mean seriously just like the stars nobody gave the stars any chances 
of even making the playoffs. You go and look at the spit and chicklets graphic from the beginning of the year. They didn't have, nobody had the stars making even the playoffs and nobody even had Seattle making the playoffs. So the fact that they were able to go this far and I mean, they're just an excellent team. And when Grubauer was needed to step up in either this series or the last series, he 100% did. And if you ask me, if if you look at the Seattle Kraken season, or if you just look specifically at the postseason, he's probably the reason why the Seattle Kraken even have a chance of beating the Avalanche, which they did, or in the Stars, which he almost did. Yeah, for sure. And they're just a great example of just get in and see what happens. Because if any team gets hot, which the Seattle Kraken did, they can they can win it. I mean, that's been proven time and time again, especially in the it's, NHL. It's being proven on the other side of the bracket right now with the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Yep. That, that's, an, that's another team that has kind of, kind of weird how they've come on this year. Last year, they were the best team, won the President's Trophy. Yeah, they got the first-round series, but they didn't play all that well in their first-round series. They lost in the second round. And this year, they're the last team to make it into the NHL playoffs. They're 17th in the NHL, and now they're in the conference finals against the Carolina Hurricanes. So, again, that's that's a very good point is ju- just make it and see what happens. And at this point, two wildcard teams have been absolutely excellent. And let me also say this. I'll say it again. We've been saying it for a long time is Seattle fans are, for the most part, so much more fun to interact with to talk with uh than many fan bases that we as a podcast have have dealt with i don't know how about about you guys feel about that but seriously hats off to the city to their fan base and to the team in general so agreed let's move on and let's talk about the the dallas stars here tonight you guys um Lots of interesting storylines coming into the game tonight. First one obvious, it wasn't really all that obvious, is that the Stars really needed Jake Ottinger to kind of bounce back in this game tonight. I would argue he did, but he wasn't overly taxed. But I mean, he did have some enormous saves tonight that could have gone behind him that he did let behind him in Game 6. Yeah, And that that's what I said at the end of our podcast after Game 6. I said, I don't think Otter's going to have to be world beater. I think it's going to have to be really, really solid, and he can't let up any soft ones, and he didn't tonight. Yep. I, I, I'm i going to give you that one, James. You called that 100% because we played great defense in front of him. One of the best defensive showings of the playoffs from the Stars, especially in the third period, really locked it down. And Otter kept us in whenever we let one in every once in a while. So it was really great by Jay Gottinger. And – just go back to the mental toughness from Jay Gottinger. They said on the broadcast that he hasn't really faced adversity yet in his career. And that is absolutely we, not true. We know that's not true. He's faced adversity every step of the way with this team. From getting on the team, he played an entire season with them and was sent back to the AHL, still comes back, proves that he's the starter, and he plays, let's be honest, a terrible series. He sucked. I mean, he, he almost averaged four goals against, sub-800, or sub-900. He was really bad. He comes out game seven and shows why he is the starter, starting goalie, no matter what happens. Even with two pulls in a series after a bad game, it doesn't matter. Jake Ottinger is the star starting goalie, and he is fantastic. And he's going to have a better series next series, for sure. Interesting comment over here from Harrison. This was the only game in the series that Jake had a positive goals saved above 
average. So seriously, that that's a good stat to have on your side. And especially after the series that he had against Minnesota, where he was just absolutely fantastic after game four, uh, for him to come out here in game seven and prove that he is absolutely one of the most clutch goaltenders in the NHL. Seriously, it's just a great way to get kid to continue going. The mental toughness to do that is just incredible. I mean, I can't imagine trying to, you play six bad games, six of the worst games. I mean, in a row that you have played all year, probably. And to come out and have a near shutout. I mean, that's incredible. The goal by the Kraken bounced around a couple of times, and uh, Bjorkstring got, just happened to get his backhand on it, and it went behind him. So I don't want to say it was a fluky goal because it was a lot of hard work by Seattle just to get it to the front of the net, but it was a couple of lucky bounces and just some overall pure grit for Seattle to get that goal on Jay Cottinger. So. But let me talk. Uh, I, I want to talk about the remaining four goaltenders real quick because I think this is interesting. You could look at the remaining goalies in the playoffs right now and have an argument that Jay Gottinger is no lower than two. He may be the best. When you look at the goalies that are remaining in the playoffs, you've got himself with the Dallas Stars. You've got Aiden Hill or put in Lauren Bassois for the Vegas Golden Knights. You've got Frederick Anderson in for the Carolina Hurricanes or Antti Ranta. And then you've got Sergei Bobrovsky for the Florida Panthers, which I believe would probably be the only one you can make an argument for that is a better goaltender overall. And I'm not talking about just like in the last series, but as a goalie overall over the course of the season, I could argue that Jake Ottinger is the best of the remaining four. What do you think? Hey, you're going to have to go out and prove it, though. I mean, I, I already said it. This series, he was not good. He was not good at all. So if we're going off... What they did last series, he's probably the worst. So, but overall, I agree. I mean, like I mentioned, the mental toughness that he has, his his mental game is the strongest I've ever seen in a goaltender. I haven't watched hockey that long, but still, he he's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, even in the series, I mean, how we won games four and five was because we got in front of Hrubauer and we got in his face. And I, I seriously think he was rattled in game five, and that's why we took it to him so hard. Mm-hmm. And that just doesn't happen with Otter. So let's jump into this because this is the, the biggest thing between game six and game seven. Obviously, I, I even watched the game. I didn't get a chance to put in my two cents on game six. The worst part about game six was what, gentlemen? Otter. Defenseman. <laughs> yeah, it, well, yeah, Otter, Otter a little bit. Yeah, Otter a little bit. But it was also the defensive pairing of Yanni Hockenpah and Essa Lindell. Yeah. So I would argue that Essa had a had a bounce back game tonight. He definitely was a, a million times better. He did. Sure. I mean, he was he was spectacular. I mean, you look at his time on ice and the fact that he was on the ice in the last two minutes. I mean, he had an absolutely amazing game in terms of what happened last game. And the other thing I want to point out also is that Yanni Hockenpah, I don't believe he was benched. Was he benched or was he he's, called he's not good? Uh, was, he was injured, right? There was no call on it, I don't think. I mean, I mean, we don't with, know for sure yet. With with saying that he had a lower body injury and then like game, it was 
five, I think. Game five. Yeah. I would have I mean, suggested that would be the case. Lower body injuries are typically bad news. I mean, for, for every player, they're they're hard to shake. I mean, hence fought fought one in that shortened uh, COVID season and was in every other game the entire season. So mm-hmm. th- those are hard to shake. Yeah, so he's for sure hurt, but we don't know about injury or not. I just don't believe they that Pete DeBoer would scratch him. That that that's just me. I, I think he might have made a decision based off of his play in game six, but I think it had probably had to do a lot more with the fact that he that he's just injured and he needs some time to get healthy. Cause I, I know a lot of people don't like Yanni Hawk and Paul and the play that he makes sometimes. But he is absolutely crucial to the success of this decor. Whether he whether he should be a top four defenseman or not, that's not the argument. He is a top four defenseman based off of his ice time, and he is absolutely crucial to this team. Now tonight they did very well without him, and I mean shout out to Colin Miller. He came in and he played when he needed to, and he did okay. But I think really the the one you got to be singing the praises to is uh, Thomas Harley. Thomas Harley has been absolutely excellent he's only gotten better since he got called up in the last six games of the season and i I think he's been a deciding factor for and he might have been the reason why pete DeBoer felt okay for scratching yanni hawk and paw in a game seven of this magnitude you're not wrong that harley's been good but that's not the story here i mean Haskinen played 32 minutes tonight. Yeah, Haskinen. the game didn't go to overtime he played 32 minutes he's a world beater the guy is ridiculous yeah so that that's i agree with james that's really what happened i mean hog came out i'm gonna say it's kind of a combination of both i think him being hurt helps the decision to take him out um he, he wasn't good he was slow so and something needed to change too i mean to have that bad of a game with the chance to win the series you gotta shake something up he shook up both i mean he did both the things he could he switched out the forward and he switched out the defenseman and that shook it up, and it worked. So, and yeah, you got to give Miro the credit for what happened when you took out uh, when you took a Hawk and Paw, especially shorthanded. I mean, we're trying not to play Haskin shorthanded. You take out Hawk and Paw. All right, well, we got to play Miro shorthanded. And a minute seventeen on the one power play, and it was fantastic. It was a wonderful penalty kill. If anything, it built momentum for us. Mm-hmm. So here's my argument between game six and game seven is, yeah, we talked about that pairing and how how rough they were, especially Lindell. But what I really liked tonight was the fact that Seattle was still able to play at times, at times, in portions of the game, their own game, if that makes any sense. They were able to get down deep. They were able to cycle. They were able to force turnovers in the offensive zone. But what I really liked about the difference between tonight's game and game six was that all five guys were getting involved in all sorts of activities around the net. They were they were helping each out uh, defensively, and they were helping each out each other out offensively, and they were just all synchronizing. And I think that was the biggest difference for me between game six and game seven is that the forwards were coming back and they were helping out those defensemen when they needed it. And if you watch the board battles, which that was, we talked about this, that was going to be the deciding factor in this series. 
tonight the, the the stars were constantly outnumbering the Seattle Kraken in those board battles, whether it be in the corners, in Seattle's corners, it didn't matter what it was. They were constantly outnumbering the Seattle Kraken. I think that was something that they talked about. I I think the biggest turning point was that the Kraken had no forecheck in this game. It- <laughs> I, I think their forecheck was really bad. Probably the worst it was the entire series. And that's because of what you said. The forwards are coming back. And that also made the game a lot more low scoring because mm-hmm. it, it was both teams were doing that. But the Stars were still able to enforce a little bit of a forecheck going on. And that's how we got most of our scoring chances. We didn't get any goals that way from dumb luck. But the Stars, <laughs> <laughs> the Stars way to break out of the Kraken's forecheck is really, I think, a, a cool story to look at, especially from the first game when the Kraken were all over us on the four check. I mean, that's how they won game one was their four check and it's completely gone at the end of the series. I mean, that advantage is completely wiped away and that shows how, how good the coaching staff is in showing our guys how to get out of our own zone and how adaptable our team is to, to look at what the other team's doing well and to take that away and keep pushing your game. So you're taking it away and still playing Dallas Stars hockey. And that's what you have to do. It's not conforming to what they're doing. It's making them conform to you. Yeah, making them conform to you. Adapting and pushing it the other way with your style of hockey. And that was that was the biggest thing for me in the as a overarching thing on the series. That's that's definitely one of the biggest. I I think for me it's more like you you look at the slot chances in the games that we won, and Seattle has like next to nothing compared to what Dallas had. I mean, Dallas in every single game, we were getting to their to the slot and we were firing away. That's I mean, we we score both our sh- shots from the slot again. I mean, they're both on breakaways, but you're you're right there in the slot. And we gave we gave the Kraken like hardly anything in the slot. It really felt like that. And yeah. that's what it felt like in game 5 and that's that's how I thought that they should be playing and they played it again tonight and they they won just the same. I mean, and not just hardly anything from the slot. I mean, in the third period, the Stars are winning. They're winning the game. And the shots are tied 8-8 eight to eight in the third period. It's just fantastic defending. And they talked about how great the defending from Seattle was in the first period. It was. It was, it was really good. Very good. The Stars matched them in the third period. Same thing. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys. This is Ryan here. Let's face it. With coffee starting at $5, yes, even without any customizations, and our bank account somehow always depleting, we are officially entering a dupe session. Most products do the same thing, but are priced differently solely based on the brand name. So a good duplicate, or a dupe, is crucial for getting the highest quality at the best price. One dupe you definitely shouldn't sleep on is Raycon wireless earbuds. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can listen to what you want, when you want, and without breaking the bank. If you were to lose your Raycon earbuds, they're not as expensive as some other earbuds out there that I'm not going to name. So you don't have to feel bad about them as much when you do lose them. So they are on the cheaper side, and they're also great, great quality. Raycon's mission, however, is to prove that you shouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg for quality sound and essential smart tech listening features. You can get a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with some of those other more big-name tech brands out there, and you know who I'm talking about. Raycon knows that in this economy, every purchase needs to be perfect. They offer buy-now, pay-later options, and right now, you can pay as low as $18 at checkout. They have an easy and free return guarantee. They offer two years of product protection insurance for just a few bucks. 
They offer free domestic shipping and flat fee international shipping as well. And here's the best thing. They have over 50,000 five-star reviews. That's how you know you're getting a really good quality product. Some of the other features on these earbuds are just absolutely incredible. I love the noise isolation because with three kids, sometimes it's just nice to escape the world for just a second and not worry about anything else that is going on. Although my wife would probably say that's not a good thing. But anyways, the other thing that I really like about these is they have custom gel tips as well. And with my ears, how they are, I have very small, tiny, itty-bitty, like, elf ears. So it's very hard for me to find, like, gel tips that actually fit well, but these do, and it's fantastic. I love it. Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. <laughs> Light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. I'm going to be paying close attention to the lines and odds on the DraftKings Sportsbook app for the Seattle Kraken and the Dallas Stars series, obviously. But I'm also looking forward to the Carolina Hurricanes and the New Jersey Devils series as well. Canes is kind of like my second team, I'll, I'll be honest. I like them a lot. But anyways, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with the code THPN. New customers can make a $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050. Or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for offer details. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. So I'm very curious about y'all's thoughts at the end of the first period because at the end of the first period, I'll be honest, I was worried because we played as good of a period as we prob probably could have coming into a game seven in our own barn and everything like that. And... I mean, what were the shot chances or the shot attempts? It was like 29 to 14, I believe is what it was. Yeah. And they had absolutely nothing to show for it, goal-wise. Now, momentum-wise, they had all the momentum in the world. But, it, I mean, you can't win games with momentum. you got to win games with goals, and they didn't have that. So how did y'all feel at the end of the first period? Yeah, I was definitely a little bit nervous. I mean, I was happy with how they played, obviously, but we've seen many games this season when we started fantastic, you get nothing to show for it, and it's really come back to bite them in the butt. This time, they did what they didn't do many times during the regular season. They kept the they played the exact same way for 60 minutes. 60 minutes of hockey, they didn't let their foot off, off the gas. It was it was really good. Yeah. And the, I, I was honestly terrified after the first period. Because this is what the Kraken did to the Avalanche in three out of seven games. <laughs> they, Bauer, they, they held it to nothing in the first period, and then it'd be like a nothing second period, and they just somehow they they get a chance it goes in. And then that that was the game. I mean, that's that that's 
I, that's why I was so scared. I was I, I we see we've seen the story before, just in the last series for them. It's the same story, and l- luckily the stars are able to flip the script on them this time, and we we get the first goal this time off of a a strip from hence and puts it in the back of the net i mean that's star player right there yeah and not not trying to take anything away from the kraken but that's how a worse team beats a team with more skill is you play low scoring and you're hoping your goalie stands on his head and that you get a couple good bounces and that really happened especially in game seven against colorado and no such luck this time i think this the star skill like you said james with rope and wyatt johnson pushed through it and that was really difference both of those goals are completely on them. It's a one-on-one with the goaltender. Yep. Individual plays, absolutely. I mean, it just shows you that, like y'all said, Stars had more skill than the Kraken did. And the Kraken are not a bad team at all. It's just that when you look at the lineups, you've got Jared McCann as your 40-goal scorer. You've also got Oliver Bjorkstrand. But then on the other side, you've got Rope Hintz and Jason Robertson and Joe Pavelski and Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan and Wyatt Johnson coming out of nowhere. So it's, I think it was just at the end of the day, it was just little plays by skilled players for the Dallas stars that were able to take care of things when they needed to. And like tonight, I mean the, the Rope Hintz goal, absolutely 100% agree with the broadcast. It was a lucky bounce. It had some backspin, but the thing was, Hence took advantage of it. That's what you're supposed to do. It's absolutely 100% what you're supposed to do. And then when you look at Wyatt Johnson's goal, which, by the way, was absolutely filthy, ridiculousness, like crazy. He, he does the same thing. He's a young guy. He takes advantage of the fact that the Kraken aren't paying attention. They, I, I forgot who hurled it all the way down, but he saw that Johnson was back there, and then he made a really, really good play. I mean, that was the difference in the game. That was it. Really it. So and the only reason that was the only difference was because of Grubauer. I mean, every other play, he just stopped. Yeah. Yep. And just the amount of chances that the Stars had, and especially in the first two periods against uh, Grubauer, my goodness, just he was he was ridiculous. He was standing on his head, especially with his glove, which his, his glove was excellent tonight uh, for him. But uh, what I want to also talk about is I was also afraid, to be honest with you, James, going into the second period because I felt that the Kraken were really starting to press early in the second period before Rope Hintz got the goal. Is that something that y'all noticed as well? No. <laughs> Sorry. No. It, 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 it really felt like a like a nothing period. I mean, like just, just how the Kraken wanted. They, they wanted it to be a nothing period. They wanted to kill the momentum in the first, and they did that. And then you want to come into the second and just calm the game down, get your chances. And the Stars outshot them 11-6 to six that period, a lot more chances. And One reason you might be thinking that is I think Seattle's best chance came during that period, for sure. Um, it was like dead in the middle of the period. They had a really good chance off of a bad turnover. But overall, I feel like the Stars played the first and second pretty much the same, which was really good. <laughs> yeah, which is really good. You had to add that at the end. Um Anything else that we need to mention tonight that I have not mentioned? Because there, I want to make sure we hit all of it. We go into the series a little bit and talk about our boy Joe Pavelski, who scored eight oh, goals Lord. in seven games. Okay, I was gonna wait to do that, but go right ahead. He scored eight goals in seven games. He's, <laughs> he's what else he's do you need to say? What the heck? Yeah, Man. breaks a franchise record, and he's thirty-eight years old. 
Yeah, franchise record, I mean, oldest guy on our team. The the I think he's tied now for the most in a playoff series. He's the old tied for oldest and most goals in a entire playoff like run. Yeah, and, and he did in one series. Eight, he's played seven games and a half, <laughs> and a third. <laughs> and at the yeah, it wasn't well, it wasn't even a third. It was Not like half third. of the first period. Yeah, but he he absolutely has been excellent. And you, you know, I'll, I'm gonna throw him in here as well, Ryan Suter. I mean, how much crap did we give Ryan Suter over the course of the regular season? And he, I mean, there's somebody that said it on Twitter earlier in the last couple of days. You could argue that he's been the second best defenseman for the Dallas Stars this No, yeah, that's not an argument. That's not an argument. That is 100% a fact. You look at his stats tonight, 26 minutes time on ice. He took the rest of Hawk and Paw's minutes that Miro Haskinen didn't already soak up. And just every play he made in his own zone, breaking the forecheck, we talked about that. Ryan Suter did that every single time. He didn't miss one pass. It was fantastic. It was in, in that's the main thing we complained about with him was during the regular season was that his decision-making when the puck was dumped in on him was very poor. And it was fantastic against one of the best forechecks in the league. So you can't, we can't give him enough credit, especially after so much crap that he got during the regular season, which I still think is a little bit deserved. Oh no, he but... he, he deserved it. <laughs> but, but he's like... he, he's stepped up so so great. And same way with Pavelski. I mean, those are two old guys that are the only thing that they don't have is a Stanley Cup. That's Can you the tell that they, they want have. it? Can you tell that they want it so badly? I mean, they want it. You are getting absolute like, I mean, prime time, uh, Joe Pavelski. A goals in seven games, and you're getting primetime Ryan Suter, who looks like he's turned the clock back 10 years. I'll steal Talek Lizzie's uh, comment over here. He's been great. But, I, I mean, seriously, can you not tell that they they think this might be it, that they might not get another chance at this? Yeah. And you have to think about that every time you get to this point. I mean, we'll go back to what we talked about it before the playoffs started. The Jamie Benn video of him sitting oh. in Edmonton just – alone in the locker room you don't know when you're going to get that chance you don't know when you're going to be in the conference finals it looks like next year is shaping up to be great for the stars it it could be or we could have the best season ever and get knocked out in the first round by the worst team in the playoffs you don't know when you're going to get this chance again you have to make the most of it right now and that's that's kind of where my belief lies with this team i mean it lies with joe pavelski and ryan Suter right now they these guys have played for too long and they've been too good to not get a Stanley cup. And, and one of them has, hasn't made it out of the second round before. I mean, Ryan Suter's going to the conference final for the first time in, in his career. Right? Like, I don't know. That'd be, in, I, I'm pretty pretty might sure be right. He's only made it to the second round, like once or twice before. I mean, he, 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 the likelihood of them getting another chance. I mean, it's honestly not that high. I mean, and, and you talk about, you talk about hockey in general. I mean, you, you play one regular season game and you could get hit wrong and you're, yeah, you're done know. for the rest of your career. When you're that old, you're done. I mean, you're, you're probably not coming back that this, this really, this really could be the, the last ride for them. It's crazy to think that that they've been so good. Both of them have been so good, and not just good, they've been elite. Both of them, I mean, call it as it is. I mean, they've been just as good as 
as Rope Hans has been for the stars. So let, let's jump into that because Rope Hans, he, he now is the only player remaining in the playoffs who has the most points in the NHL in the postseason. He has 19 points in the postseason. Let's talk about how amazing he's been and continue the praises for Mr. Rupe hence as I guess as ESPN calls him. I think I think it's Rupe. But either way, yeah. I mean, you look at Jason Robertson having zero goals in a in a playoff series. I mean, my initial thought is okay, we lost. And the only reason that is not true is because of Rupe hence I mean, he was he's the best player. He's the best player in the playoffs still. James, what do you think? I mean, he's crazy that he's so under the radar in the regular season. When I mean, it, it seems like he does this when he gets into the playoffs all the time. I mean, he's he's he kills people with speed. He did it again tonight. He's done it like four or five times in the series alone. It, it feels like no one can keep up with him. His his hands are keeping up with his head right now, and and everything's going in. I mean. It's it's been amazing to see. Quick question for you, Harrison, with another good comment. Hence has to be the betting favorite for the Con Smythe with Edmonton gone. What do you think? Definitely, for sure. There's no doubt. Yeah, I mean, it's either him or Sergey Bobrovsky. I mean, that's my opinion, just off the top. But he has played every game in the in the playoffs. I mean. Sergey Bobrovsky hasn't. So, I mean, I really think it's his trophy to lose. But who who gives a crap? I mean, let's go for the Stanley Cup, man. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So, um, anybody else that we need to sing the praises of? Wyatt Johnson? I mean, yeah, we can do Wyatt Johnson. I mean, imagine being a 20-year-old, scoring the biggest goal of your life, and making it look as beautiful as that. A backhander cookie jar? Oh my gosh, that is unbelievable! This, this, and he this just turns not 20. even, and he's not even a Calder finalist. Yeah, not That's a Calder finalist. Heck? Everybody, this guy's bad. That goalie that stunk it up, he's better than him. That's a fact. That's yeah, whatever. NHL. It's terrible. it's insane what he's been able to do on a third line. I mean, he he's it really still is. It's the third, third line. Been years played on the top line all year long. Yeah, and only beat him by like ten points. Unbelievable. Who's voting on this Calder stuff? I don't know. Who does vote, vote on the Calder stuff? Pretty sure it's writers. We're all the writers. Of course. Canada. There's a, yeah, Canada, <laughs> freaking Northeast. Yeah. Oh, by the way, can we mention this too? This whole stupid thing about, oh, well, the only teams remaining are in the South, so the TV ratings are going to be tanking. I think that's so stupid. I mean, if you're trying to grow the game in other parts of the world, in other parts of the country, don't you want those teams to do well so that more fans who are just bandwagoning are going to watch the sport? Isn't that kind of what you want? Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is kind of what we talked about uh, at some of our slower episodes during the season, but this is one of those things that's going to be good long-term play for the, for the league. Maybe won't be best for ratings this season, but in the future, you're going to get a lot more hockey fans from runs like this from all these teams. Um, Papa Chamber says we didn't just kick out Canada this year in the playoffs. We kicked out everyone <laughs> north of 35 degrees north long longitude. So yeah. it is a battle. Half of, of the United States is no longer in, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's a battle yes. of hockey teams where there is no ice. 
Ice does not happen here. We forced it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I absolutely love it. Okay. Uh, just just quick glance at the next round. Oh, I love to say that. This is going to be a really fun series, you guys. We haven't even gotten Rematch. a chance to think about it. So let's just let's just dive into it real quick. Just completely unscripted. We haven't had time to think about it. Dallas going against the Vegas Golden Knights for the second time in three years. They beat them in the conference finals in the bubble. And not just that, but this time they've got their former coach on the other side now. Pete DeBoer, who absolutely deserves the biggest winner, by the way, Ardell, that he absolutely deserves it, is going against his former team. So that for a storyline. I know this is going to be so excellent. It's going to be so much fun. What are you looking at with this series? What are your thoughts? Just anything that comes to mind. The first thing that popped into my head once the final horn blew was Vegas hasn't faced a team that can play defense yet. They've shown that they can score a billion goals. So let's let's see if they can keep the puck out of their own net and let's see if they can score a billion goals against a good defense and a good goaltender. What do you think, James? I'm just really excited to get the rematch again. I mean, that's so much fun. <laughs> yeah. I and once Vegas made it in, I mean, you you get a storyline either Kraken or Stars win. I mean, you yeah. get the either expansion way, teams fighting, or you get a, a rematch from the 2020 bubble playoffs. I mean, that's awesome. Yep. Yeah. So with the Stars winning tonight, there is one team from each division that is uh, represented in the uh, conference finals. So, uh. Really quick, just because just because I'm curious. Carolina, Florida, who wins that series? Carolina. I know, right? I, I wanna, pick I wanna no, say Carolina. Carolina. I pick Carolina. Florida. I have I have no doubts. It's Carolina. Oh, I pick Carolina to win no the doubts. cup. Whatever. I pick Carolina to win the cup, and I think Florida's gonna beat them. Carolina has faced no adversity, and Florida is just on a Cinderella run. Kachuk is playing amazing. Like you said, Bobrovsky is stupid right now. He's playing way above his true level. I mean, it just feels like nothing is stopping. It feels like fate is pushing them. Yeah. I mean, my, my only problem is, I mean, Carolina's let up nothing, man. Yeah, I mean, they've they been had, so good. They had one bad game in the 11 games they played where it was like 8-4, and they still yeah. tried to claw back Jeez. in the game. And, and that's, my, that's my thing. I kind of feel like these series are kind of similar. You have one team that just, all right, we're in the conference final. Hooray. And then you've got another team that scrapped for it every step of the way and it's going to be interesting to see what happens are these teams really as good as they showed in the first two series and i mean that's and are they going to be able to match the intensity that the other two teams are playing with i mean you talk about just like the matchups that they had there there's two teams who very obviously had a harder run to get to the conference finals than the other two it's just going to come down to did the other team deserve the easier path or not yep and the we haven't even mentioned this, but the stars don't play Vegas until Friday. So Thank that goodness. is, that's a man, long time. That's great for the Dallas stars though. I mean, that pretty much negates any advantage that Vegas would have had from ending their series early. I feel like, and we found from last series that we don't want to uh, have more than three days of rest anyway. So, right. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, do we want to, I'm, I'm literally just, putting the boys on the spot here. Do we want to do a Wednesday night episode? I mean, we're going to do a preview show. Yeah, we got to do a preview. <laughs> so maybe, maybe Wednesday, maybe Thursday, 
I don't think we'll do it tomorrow. We need it. We need a little bit of a break, but a little bit Wednesday or Thursday. We'll see how that goes. And we'll do a, a series preview between that sounds so cool yes. of the Third conference one. finals between the Dallas stars and the Vegas golden Knights, a rematch this time in front of fans of the 2020 bubble playoffs. Please go and check out sarcasticremarks.com for all the latest options from us and all of the latest news from us. Please go and consider leaving us a five-star review anywhere you listen to your podcast. And then, as always, we would appreciate it if you guys would go and check out our merch store, sarcasticremarksshop.com, and that's the best way to support us and everything that we do here. Along with Chris and along with James, my name is Ryan signing off for the second round of the playoffs, going into the third round of the playoffs. And we hope you guys have a good, fantastic morning, afternoon, evening. Whenever you guys are listening, Christian, take us out. That's eight down, eight to go. Halfway. I'm watching in Germany. GG, boys. Let's go.